Well, howdy, Hootie Thunkers. This is the host of the Hootie Thunkin' podcast, Zeb, coming at you. Episode 152, titled Mr. Big. Um, and we'll get into why it's called Mr. Big about halfway through the episode. It'll it'll come come clear why I call it that. This week, I'm, a pretty simple recommendation segment. Uh, I recommend you watch The Stranger on Netflix. came out in uh, 2022. It's an Australian film starring Joel Edgerton and uh, Sean Harris. So pretty good mo- movie. It's a it's a crime thriller, and it ties directly into our actual episode, our, our main event here for the episode 152. <clears throat> First of all, this movie, before I get into it, I'm going to be spoiling basically the entire movie. Uh, the movie, there's like twists and turns and unexpected things happening in the movie, and in this podcast episode, I ruin it. Uh I go for all those things that are unexpected that make the the movie more enjoyable. So, if you want to watch the movie The Stranger on Netflix, came out in 2022. Um, it's got like a dark title on it. Um, it's 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 a dark movie, very dark, like lighting wise. It's very dark too. If you want to go watch it, do that before you listen to this episode. It's good. Shannon and I watched it last year. It's a, it's a great movie. It has like 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. I do expect you to go watch it. And you're thinking, ah, oh, man, but I'll miss out on this podcast. And that's fine. Go watch the movie and come back. That's <laughs> Or skip this one if you want to. That's fine, too. But I just want to let you know, listening to this podcast before you watch the movie, um, if you do intend to watch the movie, not a good idea. If you don't want to watch the movie, you know, maybe you don't like dark, gritty movies. That's fine. Go ahead. Keep listening. Uh, <laughs> I like it when people listen. <clears throat> but the movie itself, The Strangers, based off... So, spoiler, spoiler alert has been said. Just saying. The movie itself is based on a, a true story. That's one of the first things that pops up, pops up on the screen, as most uh, movies based on real events are. And it's based on a real crime, uh, the death and murder of Daniel James Morcombe. So this is a um, not a happy episode, not a happy crime we're about to listen to. Daniel James Morcombe died in 2003, December, in Queensland, Australia. He was a boy. He was abducted from the Sunshine Coast, Queensland, on the 7th of December, 2003, and he was just 13. Morcombe was abducted from an unofficial bus stop under the Keel Mountain Road overpass in the Wumbai district of the Sunshine Coast, approximately two kilometers, that's about one mile, north of the Big Pineapple on Sunday, uh, 7th of December, 2003. Witnesses reported seeing Morcombe at approximately 2.10 p.m. under the overpass. Morcombe, the boy, planned to catch the 1.35 p.m. bus to the... Sunshine Plaza shopping center for a haircut and to buy some Christmas presents for his family. But the bus had been broken down and, you know, didn't make it. When a replacement bus eventually arrived, it did not stop because it was behind schedule and the stop was technically unofficial, and I guess that's normal. The driver radioed the depot for another bus to go and pick up the boy, which is a nice thing to do. The driver and other witnesses... Oh, I just scrolled down now. I can't see anything. The driver and other witnesses later reported seeing two men near Morcombe. Uh, when the second bus arrived three minutes later, Morcombe and the men were gone. Morcombe's disappearance was one of the most extensively investigated crimes in Queensland, Australia history. By the 12th of December 2008, so this is five years later, uh, of a uh, 250 grand of the government a reward was posted and $750,000 donated privately had been offered as a reward for any leads on the investigation. So that's a lot of money. The government put a quarter million and the public were like, we're going to put three quarters of a million. So that's a million dollars 
in total if anyone found him. Eight years later, Brett Peter Cohen, born 18, um, the 18th of September, 1969, a former Sunshine Coast resident was charged with Marcombe's murder. In the same month, DNA tests confirmed bones in the Glasshouse Mountains were Marcombe's. On the 13th of March, 2014, Cohen was found guilty of the murder and was sentenced to life imprisonment for indecently dealing with a child and interference with a corpse. The word murder is not in there. I did notice that, so I guess they didn't charge him for that, but I guess I'm assuming the uh, prosecutor was fine with getting him life in prison, regardless of the charges, So, which I kind of agree with. Um, but then again, I'm not, I'm not, you know, family of the victims. Brett Peter Cohen, this is the murderer here, is an Australian murderer and child rapist. The 13-year-old D- Daniel McCombs abduction led to an eight-year investigation involving various suspects. Cohen was living in the town of Birwa around the time of Marcombe's disappearance. He was approached by police because of his criminal history and his proximity to the area in which Marcombe was last seen. Just days after the disappearance, however, he denied his involvement. A former police officer believed Cohen to be suspect from just one encounter. He stated, Look, if he's not good for that, he's good for something. I left with a distinct impression of guilt. A police interview with Cohen was conducted on July 2005. This would have been two years, uh, under two years, uh, from the crime itself in the Gold Coast. Detective Tracy Barnes, who handled the interview, asked Cohen if he would admit being involved, and he responded with, probably not. As a result of these investigations, Cohen led under... uh, Cohen led undercover police to a potential burial site. He was charged with the murder that same that same month, and Marcombe's remains were discovered um, that same month, days later on in August. Cohen was sentenced to life imprisonment, being eligible for parole in 2031. On March 2014, and trial attracted worldwide attention, Cohen had two previous convictions with sexually abusing children, the earliest dating back to 1987. So those earlier convictions of child abuse were what police led him to question him in the beginning. And the one cop is like, look, if he's not guilty of this, that's a bad dude. Something's going on with him. They interviewed him again. And he's like, I'm not going to be questioned anymore. But somehow he slipped their grasp. I know there's a lot of crime podcasts and, and movies and shows out there that love to rag on cops for screwing it up. And Maybe they're right for doing so. Maybe they're not. I'm not a cop. I've never had to investigate a murder. I have no idea what that's like. You can say, hey, cops, I just watched the Boston Strangler um, documentary on Netflix last night with Shannon. Um, It's with Keira Knightley. Um, It's a great movie. Great movie about the Boston Strangler murders. And they just show how bad the cops did. And I get it. They did do bad. However, I'm not the cop. I'm not the one working. It sounds like a really hard job. So I don't know. I'm not trying to rag on cops here, but I'm just saying definitely they missed the ball on this one, whether, you know, that's a reasonable critique or not. I don't know. So that's the actual crime. That's what happened in real life. Sad, tragic death of a 13-year-old boy in Queensland, Australia, abducted, um, molested, murdered, and dumped in the woods to be forgotten. Um, that's, that's some pretty heinous crap right there. Now let's talk about the movie, the movie that the the crime is based on. In 2022, an Australian crime thriller movie based on the events surrounding Daniel Marcombe's murder, and more so the investigation into his murderer, was released titled The Stranger. I don't think it's a great title. I think it's too ambiguous. It's too broad. But it was written and directed by Thomas M. Wright. I don't like the title, but the movie itself is great. In the movie The Stranger, actor Sean Harris stars as Henry Teague, 
the uh, criminal based on Brett Peter Cohen, the bad, you know, the murderer. And actor Joel Edgerton, also one of the film's producers, plays Mark Frame, an undercover cop tasked with getting the truth out of Teague years after the crime. The movie is mostly about the investigation and operation to get Teague, or Cohen, to confess to the murder of the boy. To clear things up, I'm going to refer to the bad guy in the movie as Teague, because that's his character's name, but also Cohen, because it's directly based off of the murderer of the actual boy. So I say Teague slash Cohen. But when I refer to the undercover cop, the names were given for the undercover cop, understandably, are probably not real. So I'm going to refer to the undercover cop as Mark Frame, the name of the character of the undercover cop in the movie. So Mark Frame, undercover cop, Teague slash Cohen, bad guy murderer from the movie slash from real life. Anyway, the movie is mostly about the investigation operation to get Teague slash Cohen to confess to the murder of the boy. Australian police create a very elaborate sting with multiple undercover cops acting as, acting as a fake organized cr criminal enterprise. The undercover cop character, Mark Frame, is the one that works the most with Teague slash Cohen. So he's with him a lot in the movie. And I guess in real life, the undercover cop was with Cohen a lot. If the audience is unfamiliar with the Daniel McComb case, which I guess if you're from Australia, it's almost impossible to not hear about this case. It was very popular. I say popular. That's a horrible word for it, for a murder uh, of a child. But it, you know what I mean? Um, horrible, horrible crimes can become very media centric and people know about them. If you live in Australia, you knew about this. If you're in America, probably didn't. I had no idea. Shannon and I put on the movie, said it was based on true events. I had no idea any of these true events ever existed before this watching the movie last year. And if you're an audience unfamiliar with this Daniel McComb case, as most American viewers likely will be unfamiliar, like Shannon and I, then the movie was a big has like a big twist in the end. You didn't expect to see, oh my gosh, that guy killed a boy or whatever. It's it's I don't know. It's a great viewing experience. That's why I really didn't want you to listen to this podcast if you plan on watching the movie afterwards. It starts out with Teague slash Cohen being recruited by Mark Frame, the undercover cop, into the organized <clears throat> into the organized criminal group. They go on multiple jobs together to gain Teague slash Cohen's trust. They do all kinds of things. They go on runs. They hear. They rob this guy here. They 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 do a racket here. All the while. The undercover cop is driving this murderer, this child murderer, around. Not knowing his undercover cop, obviously, they meet other undercover cops, like dozens of them, doing things like, this undercop is posing to be a shop owner that we're going to beat up and take his money. It's, it's, it's so elaborate. As the audience watches, they realize something is a bit off in more ways than one. Because when you're first watching it, and you're not familiar with the crime of actual Daniel McCombs murder, you're like, what is going on here? Why is Mark Frame acting weird? He seems like he's a rat for this criminal organization. And what's going on with this main character, the Teague guy, Teague slash Cohen? Why is he so freaking creepy all the time? As the audience watches, they realize something's a bit off and more reason one. First, you realize Mark Frame isn't who he says he is. He's making phone calls to people he shouldn't be. And that gradually comes out as he's an undercover cop. And you're like, oh, wow, he's an undercover cop. So when you first watch the movie, you just have a guy get off a bus he gets recruited by a criminal enterprise like okay this is a crime movie i guess then you start realizing one of the main characters the guy who recruited him is an undercover cop and you're thinking okay this organized crime this is this is about a true story about an undercover cop ratting on an organized criminal group right that's about halfway through the movie then towards the end of the movie you're like no he's an undercover cop they all are undercover cops 
and they're busting this one guy who was the main you thought was the protagonist turns out he's a child rapist and murderer it's 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 nuts watching the movie is perfectly paced and you're you're you don't know what the heck is going on and the lighting is so dark because the 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 content that they're discussing is so dark you aren't sure why this undercover cop is trying to rat out the organization you don't know why he's an undercover cop you think maybe he, he like i said he's a rat against the organization at the same time when you're realizing this about all this undercover cop stuff you go from oh he's he's a recruiter for the organization for the crime organization to he's an undercover cop being a rat to oh my gosh he's an undercover cop but he's trying to bust this it's weird the same time you realize the character you've been watching from the very beginning the teague guy is creepy as hell and has a disturbing past that he wants to keep secret from even the organized crime group that he's trying to become a part of not a, you know let alone the authorities he's on the run so it's it, there's so many components i feel like even after i explain this to you in the podcast if you go watch it you'd still be like whoa that's what he meant i didn't understand i'm trying to explain as the best i can it's a mind it's a mind f then of course you realize mark frame isn't trying to rat out the organization he is trying to get teague slash cohen to confess to the murder of the boy as mark frame and teague cohen go on fake criminal runs together it becomes increasingly creepy um this teague guy he's coming on to mark frame the undercover cop in a sexual way but like not in like a consensual gay way more like hey just drink this beer that i've already opened and stuff it, it's it's horrible it's it's such a mind f and in the movie i don't know if this is accurate to real life but in the movie the undercover cop is actually like he has a son so there's no i mean there's no way he's okay with this guy raping and murdering a kid the movie the stranger 2020-22 first released at the cons film festival and had a short run in the theaters in australia before it was released in on netflix in october of 2022 it is still on netflix in the u.s and was in the top 10 list of movies for weeks i keep referring referring to it as the stranger 2022 because when I googled Netflix, The Stranger, I guess there's a show that came out in 2020. I don't know. Make sure you're looking at the right one. Like I said, you can even look up The Stranger, Joel Edgerton, or The Stranger, Sean Harris. Those are the actors, and they do a wonderful job. So, uh, this, like I said, The Stranger, not a great title. There's a lot of things called The Stranger, but it's a great movie. Leslie Katz from CNET writes, The film is a spare, perfectly paced psychological thriller and explores the uneasy friendship between Teague and Frame, as well as the formidable burden and cost of keeping one's true identity a secret, as both men do. It won some recognition and was nominated for 11 Australian Academy of Cinema and Television Arts Awards this year, including Best Film, Best Direction, Best Lead Actor, Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, and Best Cinematography, and much-deserved recognition of the movie's lyrical visuals, which build the moody suspense. Those lyrical visuals she's talking about was how dark the movie is. My gosh. And it is a dark subject matter, so it makes sense. The movie wasn't created just from news headlines and research, though. You know, this is a true event, and the guy who made the movie, who wrote the movie, didn't write it out of nothing. He wrote it based off a book called The Sting, the undercover operation that caught Daniel McCombs' killer. Long title, but works. Uh, written by a crime reporter by the name Kate Kiriakou, K-Y-R-I-A-C-O-U. That's Kate, K-A-T-E, K-Y-R-I-A-C-O-U. R-I-A-C-O-U. I'm spelling it all out because I think this would be a great book to read, even more so than the movie. And the movie was great. The book goes into great detail about the undercover operations the Queensland police pulled off to get Cohen to confess. I have not read it myself, but I might. It sounds 
thrilling. What sets this story apart from other investigation stories is the elaborate procedure itself. How they did it. How they all these undercover cops posed to be a crime syndicate. It's crazy. And there's some backstory in there. A covert police op this <laughs> this is from Wikipedia. A covert police operation that had been used in Canada drew the attention of an investigator involved in Mark Holmes' case. The procedure known as Mr. Big. So that's what this is called when cops create a fake criminal organization to get one guy to confess about a crime that happened previous by getting him to do a lot of crimes with their fake organization and gaining his trust. It's crazy. The, the procedures known as Mr. Big consists of police officer who pose as members of a corrupt criminal gang to gain the confidence of the alleged suspect enlisting, enlisting the suspect's participation in an escalating series of often elaborate fictional crimes, particularly theft, prostitution, and the drug trade. Once the suspect's trust has been gained, the police persuade the suspect to confess to the earlier real crime. In this case, an undercover police officer posing as a crime boss known as Paul Fitzsimmons or Fitzy befriended Cohen on a flight to Perth in April 2011. Fitzsimmons, and these are the real people, that's that's the name of the undercover cop, but like I said, that's probably not his name. Uh, Fitzy Fitzsimmons found in a flight to Perth in April 2011. Fitzsimmons gained the trust of Cohen, and the two became friends with an asterisk, not real friends. Due to the absence of any physical evidence, a confession by Cohen was needed. Over the following months, Cohen, Cohen's gang of friends initiated him through an array of fake criminal scenarios. Cohen was issued a subpoena for his alibi in McCombs' case. However, he denied any involvement. In August 2011, an interview at the Perth Hyatt Hotel, an undercover officer gained Cohen's trust, saying he only wanted to help Cohen and that Cohen could trust him with anything. Cohen subsequently disclosed his involvement in Combs, more Combs' abduction, and the confession was captured on video. I've watched it. It's on the blog. While the movie The Stranger does change the names of the characters involved, it is very close to the real story. Both Daniel McComb and the fictional boy James Liston from the movie were abducted under an overpass in Queensland, Australia at a bus stop. Like the movie, there was a huge undercover police operation and one undercover officer did quote-unquote befriend the abductor slash murderer. After the crime investigation and trial, Brett Peter Cohen is rotting in prison. So if you want to know what happened to this dirtbag, after they got him to confess, it worked. They got him to confess. They even got him to take him to where the body was pointed out they're like okay now we definitely got him they're like okay yeah we're cops you're going to prison he's now rotting in prison he's currently 53 years old and sentenced to life in prison um that started in 2014 his defense was that his confession was false and was given under false false pretenses uh but you know he was convicted and anyway and during sentencing sentencing justice Roslyn atkinson of brisbane supreme court described his crime as entirely abhorrent, ab abhorrent, stating, you have tragically and pointlessly snuffed out a young life. And it is a fairly well-known fact that prison systems don't take kindly to the type of crime that Cohen committed. So in 2016, inside the high-security section of Walston Correctional Center, a fellow inmate of Cohen's threw a bucket of boiling water on him, burning 15% of his body, mostly in the head and chest area, and his legs. Yeah, they're, he's not having a good time in prison. And that's not all of it. In 2018, he was stabbed in the neck with a makeshift shiv uh, carved out of a toothbrush. These are extremely violent acts, but in this case, this particular situation, probably don't garner much sympathy for the victim from the people hearing them. 
The undercover cop from the real story is faceless and only ever given a fake name for obvious reasons. Paul Fitzy Fitzsimmons is the name given to the real-life undercover cop, but don't be surprised to find that that is a fake name. The identity of the undercover cop who did most of the underground or most of the groundwork on the Mr. Big investigation procedure is kept under lock and key for his safety. The actor Joel Edgerton, who played the undercover cover cop, he said he didn't even try to meet with the real-life counterpart of his fictional Mark Frame character. He said you know, he told Sydney Morning Herald he's never met or smoke, spoken with the real Frame because, quote, quote, because he because we were investigating the truth, taking that truth and telling a fictionalized version of it, which is about protecting everyone involved. So he didn't want the undercover cop to um, face anything. There is no way to confirm if the real undercover cop on the case has a son like the fictional version does. That may have been an added detail to get the audience to feel more tension while viewing the film. So we don't know if the undercover cop who but who did this bust actually has a kid, but yeah. It's a tragic story, but also amazing. Whoever came up with this idea, they said it started in Canada. I should look into that. That might be another podcast, but it's crazy. It's called Mr. Big, and it's when cops create an entire fake mafia to get one dude to confess to something. The movie seems to be a hit with most people. It's currently got 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is a damn good score in Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, if anyone's got that score, they're happy about it. But not all enjoy the movie. When a real-life crime of this gruesome of nature comes out, the victims seldom give anything but scorn to it, towards it. Daniel McCombs' parents, Denise and Bruce, strongly disapprove. Denise tweeted... The movie The Stranger is not supported by the Macomb family. Individuals who make money on a heinous crime are parasites. We find the making of the movie morally corrupt and cruel. And that's got to hurt. I mean, I like the movie. I like that the movie was made. It's a good movie. But I, I can see why she would say that as well. But she's like the only person of the people who didn't feel the crime. What a, what a weird moral question. Should we make movies? Should we enjoy movies? Should we watch movies? Should there be money made off movies off of real crimes? If the answer is no, then every World War II movie shouldn't be made. Not that war, not that war is a crime, I guess it is, but you just know what I mean. Um, the Jeffrey Dahmer show came out. It was really popular on Netflix, and I liked it. I thought it was great. I thought the acting was great. I thought they did a great job of making the actual show. But the victims, or the, the family of the victims of Jeffrey Dahmer were like, what the hell? Why are people still making money off of this? Why is this Why is this nightmare still brought in and you people are sick who enjoy it? I get her point of view too. What a weird moral conundrum. Should we make shows and movies and and money and entertainment based off of real world, real world crimes, especially heinous crimes? I like crime podcasts. I like crime shows, crime movies. So do a lot of people. The more gruesome the murder, the better. I don't know. Maybe it's better that us humans are satiated, that that you know animal instinct to crave and watch and 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 spectate violence. Maybe it's better that we hear it on podcasted movies instead of acting it out. I don't know. I don't know. This is a difficult ethical and moral question, but one that I think is important to put up. The parents have said on the news the actual predator looks exactly like Brett Peter Cohen. Bruce McComb, that's the father of Daniel McComb, told Australia's ABC News, of course, it's not a fictitious story. Only an idiot would suggest that. So that's his dad. That's the dad of the of the murdered boy saying that. And the mom saying even other stuff like it's morally corrupt and cruel to make money off of this stuff. I see their point, but also I don't know. What do you think? Is it okay to do that? 
obviously it's legally okay there's tons of movies that are very popular about crimes about killers Daniel McComb's parents run the Daniel McComb Foundation to educate children about staying safe in physical and online environments. The red t-shirt Daniel wore on that December day he went missing has become a symbol of child safety awareness in Australia. People dress in red for an annual National Day of, of Action for Child Safety held in the last Friday in October. The event's called Day for Daniel. So regardless how you feel about making movies and shows off of it, I'm glad that that exists. <laughs> Heinous crimes don't need to happen to kids. But also, I don't know, bravo to those cops for how they got that guy to confess. I'm sure it was a lot of taxpayer money. I'm horrible for saying that last part, but it's one of the thoughts that popped into my head when I was watching the movie. How much money went into this to get this guy to confess? I'm glad there's a killer off the street, but geez. Like I said, the a uh, lot of resources on the blog, if you want to look it up, video of him confessing very short video very easy to digest you watch it you're like whoa also the trailer for the movie if you want to check it out thanks for listening who to thunkers i don't know about this one i'm not i can't give you an answer to my moral conundrum that i proposed here but i don't know i don't have an answer for you i just want you to think about it yourself thanks for listening and tune in next week